you could lose a little more stress-free in your life. Amen. How many believe you could? Amen. I, I'd like to take all I can get. Amen. And uh, so uh, we're called to live uh, stress-free. And so uh, with that said, let's, uh, let's go to uh, uh, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1 with our, with our text, uh, opening text with it. Um, I, I kind of hammer on this every week, but I, it's, you know, I find that if I, if I stick with it and stay with it, it's amazing what kind of results we get. Uh, let's try it one more time. Well, you might be getting bored with it, but I found that if you stay with it, you stay with it, you'd be amazed at what starts working in your life. Amen. And uh, so it's, it, it pays to stick with some things sometimes. Uh, but th- know this, amen, so we've got to know these things, that in the last days, or as the days progress, amen, perilous times will come. Now, perilous times, uh, we, you know, my cross-reference anyway, says uh, uh, times of stress, stressful times, amen. Uh, it could mean uh, strenuous, uh, uh, tension, uh, fatigue. Uh, anyway, it even uses phrases like uh, uh, the reducing uh, of, of strength. Okay? So uh, when stress comes in on the scene, it literally will drain you of strength. And I think we all know that. I think we, when you really kind of stop and recognize what's, you know, when stress is trying to take hold, what it does to you physically. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's just a fact. And so, he, you know, and then you go on with this text, and not that we're going to do that tonight, but we go on with this text, and we find out that really when it comes down to it, um, you know, self happens to get, I mean, it's because of self. Hello, somebody. Self-serving, self-striving, and that's why in this text he's talking about uh, being a lover of God rather than a lover of self. And and uh, I, I just, I, I kind of almost got to say it every time, he's talking to the church now. I mean, it's a letter written to Timothy, but it's for the church. It's not, it's not for the world, because we could say, yeah, the world, that's right, yeah. No, it, no it's, it's, it's for the church. So the church uh, has uh, the opportunity to either be stressed out or stress-free. I'd rather be stress-free. Can I hear a big amen? amen. And so he just kind of gives you some keys in this text about just not being self-striving or self-serving. Amen. If you just learn to do it the God way, amen, you're not all stressed out. Amen. And so being a lover of God, it's not just a, it's not just a phrase being said like, uh, you know, I, I love my dog, love apple pie, and love my wife. I'm just saying, I mean, a lot of times people throw it all together like that, and it does, so love doesn't have any meaning. You should love your wife, and it's, I guess, okay to love your dog, or at least enjoy your dog. Amen. Come on, somebody. An apple pie? No way. No. The point is, is that a lot of times that word gets thrown around a lot. I love God. I love God. Well, I love God, too. Well, come on, leave me alone. I love God. Well, why are you all stressed out? Amen. So, amen. And we're not, that's not a condemning statement. It's just the fact that sometimes if we, we back it up and take a look, we're so self-serving or self-striving. We're trying to do everything in our own power and our own might and our own strength. And it's all about us. And, and we don't even realize that we put God in the, on the back burner. Or God takes a back seat. Wow, I'm glad you all came out tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Put, uh, let's see, put Galatians 6 up on the board, if you will. This is really 
the, uh, what happened the last time we were talking is that one of the things that we were discussing was uh, about sowing and reaping, the principle of sowing and reaping. And really, I'm going to kind of do a part two of that tonight. And uh, we talked about sowing the do-good seed last week, or two weeks ago, I guess it is. And so chapter 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Now, obviously, again, written to the church, so obviously there's an opportunity to be deceived. Right? There's the opportunity to be deceived about this. God is not mocked. Okay? No, he's not going to be, he's not going to be mocked. Okay, this is just, you know, this is a principle. So even though you, you disagree with it or you don't necessarily, uh, you know, jive with it all, uh, don't, God's not going to be mocked. It's just a principle that works. Now, you can get it to work for you or it's going to work against you. So don't be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatever a man sows, everybody say whatever. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Now, uh, the uh, Phillips translation says it this way. It says that a man's harvest in life will depend entirely on what he sows. In other words, that's cause and effect. Amen. And so, uh, whatever you sow determines a harvest. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Now, what we spent a little more time last week talking about, you know, every seed produces after its own kind. As long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time harvest. And, we, and people might say, well, that's just talking about, you know, sowing a garden or something. No, it's every seed. He said, whatever a man sows. And so that principle holds true. So we, last week what we did is we took, we just kind of went and grabbed about, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 different areas that kind of create stress in our life, took a look at them. And then I saw how this principle affects those areas of our life, amen, just how what we sow on a daily basis, amen, and how it can create a, a stressful harvest instead of a stress-free harvest, amen. Still with me? Okay, so anyway, we, we began to talk about that. And so uh, if you're going to read, read on here, it says, uh, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. In other words, a quality life. It's what it's talking about there. It's not talking about someday going to heaven. It's talking about a quality of life, okay? And let us not grow weary while doing good, all right? For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now, again, it's just saying, listen, remember, you're always sowing, so we, we always can justify everything. Let's try that again. We always have something, uh, an excuse or something to justify it. What he's saying is, you, yeah, we know you're tired, or we know you're, you got stuff going on, or we, we know things are happening, we know you got things going on. We, we get all that, but don't grow weary while doing good. Everybody say, doing good. Okay, a good a do good seed. I actually I don't even know if I defined it last week, but uh, to do good uh, means a, a well a well doer. In other words, doing well, right? Uh, action of doing good to help another is what it's referring to, or to bring wellness or recovery. So in other words, there's a situation going on. Amen. If you keep, what he's talking about, doing good means coming in on the scene. Then I'm gonna try to bring benefit, bring wholeness, bringing wellness into a situation. Amen. That's what it means to do to do good. All right. Okay. So he says, if you do that in due season, you shall reap. If you do not lose heart, goes on. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Everybody say, do good. Do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And I think there's a reason why it says that too, because. Uh, you know, we have a tendency, we hang out with one another and uh, we get to, you know, rub elbows and, and you know, uh, we break bread and we, we, you know, talk things, we do things, we work alongside each other. And, uh, you know, if, 
if we can't get it down with, with that group, we're in trouble. Come on, somebody. And yet sometimes it's with that group we have the most struggle with. Come on, somebody. That's the truth. Uh, because we all, we all assume just because we're saved that we're all, uh, you know, sanctified, spiritual. Come on, somebody. And just because you're saved don't mean you're sanctified, don't mean, you're, you know, don't mean that you're living it all, don't mean you're, you're walking it all yet. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, I, I'm sure he's talking about somebody other than you. Amen. So, uh, but we're all, you know, we're all in this thing. We're all going. So that's why he's saying, said, listen, don't let, don't get yourself wore out and beat down by this stuff. Remember, everything, everything becomes a seed. Now, hopefully we'll bring some more of that out here before it's over with. Uh, Put the uh, Matthew 7 account up there real quick. We we spent a little more time with this one last week, but uh, therefore, whatever you you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Okay, in other words, it's what you, what's read in the in the word. Praise God! It's a principle that worked through throughout the whole word, old covenant, new covenant. Uh, give me some different translations on this. Just throw them up anyway. New New Living here. Uh, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Uh, this is the essence of all that is taught, there we go, kind of says it kind of cool, all that is taught in the law and the prophets, okay. Uh, let's give me another one here if you got one. Uh, this is the Amplified. Now there's an Amplified Classic and another one, I guess, now, I guess. So anyway, but anyway, so the Classic uh, says this, so then whatever you desire that others would do to you or for you, come on, even so do also to them and for them, for this is, or in other words, this sums up the law and the prophets. Pretty good, right? Okay, give me, I think I might have had one more, the message translation. Here it is. Uh, here is a simple rule of thumb guide of behavior or for behavior. Uh, ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Okay, add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get, right? Now, just kind of hang on to that because I had, a print, uh, I had something I said last week, and I'm going to say it again before we dive into what we have for you today. And uh, that is this, um, uh, if you know your seed, you know your harvest. Okay, now listen, listen. Okay, and this is what this is saying here, okay? If you know what you want for a harvest, then, then, then we automatically know the seed. Okay? So we can't blame uh, our harvest or the lack of a harvest or what we want to happen on others or the supposed will of God. Because our harvest is dependent, man's harvest in life is entirely dependent on the seed that he sows. It's a principle. And you're not going to call God a liar. God is not going to be mocked. It's just a principle. And so if you understand that, so if you know what you want for a harvest, then that all automatically determines what you want, uh, what you need for a seed. Listen, we do it all the time when we plant a garden. If you're planting flowers out there, if you didn't go buy them and you decide I'm going to grow my, you know, grow my, so if you want, you know, uh, you want uh, tulips or you want, uh, you know, uh, give me some flowers, please. Thank you. Huh? Petunias. What? Marigolds. I mean, so if you, you know, you, you plant something, you go, oh, I didn't want all these marigolds. You say, well, why'd you plant them? Well, oh, I just throw seed in the ground. I, yeah. Well, you know, if you want, you know, you got to, you know, unless it's that, that, that blend that has a whole gob of stuff, you know, and then it's like whatever comes up, comes up, you know. But, uh, but the point being is, you know, if you want tomatoes, you know, you plant tomato seed. Come on, somebody. If you, if you, if you want corn, you know, you, you got to say, okay, I can't, I can't plant beans and expect that corn's going to come up. 
Now listen, I know that's all, that's all very elementary, but you have to understand it's that simple. In this, this principle is that simple. Okay? So we just have to, we have to grab hold of that. And that's why he said, he said, you know, don't be deceived. Because somehow or another we get it going on in life and we think, well, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't want that to happen. Or I, I, you know, I wasn't expecting that to happen or whatever. Well, what are you sowing? Okay? And so that's what we have to look at. And now we all, like I said earlier, and, we're, and this is something that's going to come up, we, we all have a tendency uh, to come up with our own excuses or we try to justify things. Come on, somebody. But God's just, it's just a simple principle. If you, if, you, if you know what you want for harvest, then that determines the seed being sown. You know, it's like uh, the, the phrase, you know, if you want friends, well, hey, well, who'd have thought? You've got to be friendly. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, come on now. Well, I don't want to be friendly, and I still want friends. Well, it probably ain't going to happen. Okay, that's just the truth, okay? And uh, so uh, we might justify the fact that, well, there's a reason I, 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 I am... I'm this way, or I'm mean, or I'm ornery, or whatever it is you know you are. And uh, you might have all kinds of reasons, excuses, and justification for the reason why you are ornery. Thought maybe we'd get a little movement out of you, or, or maybe you're all right now chewing on us, saying, ooh. The point is, we might have all kinds of, of reasons, and so you go on being ornery, and then you can't figure out why everybody's always ornery with you. It's just a thought, but it is a principle. Amen. So with that all said, we're going to, uh, today, uh, we're going to take a look at, we're going to go to Colossians uh, chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Are you with me today or not? Yes. All right, now, Colossians chapter 3, please. Okay. Now, uh, last week, again, we talked about a do-good seed. Today, I'm going to call it a selfless seed. Okay. A selfless seed. And um, uh, let's, let's do something together real quick, just, you know, before you, uh, you know, zone out here or something. Uh, just put your hand on your heart, if you will. <clears throat> All right. And, and just, just, you know, you know I, I'm just going to ask, who, who has an ear to hear today? Anybody have an ear to hear? Okay. Okay, so just say, uh, this message, say it, this is, is not, about me, not about me, but it is for me. Say it again. This message, this message isn't about my neighbor. But it is for my neighbor. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, I've just said it for this reason, because as we kind of get here in this kind of stuff, it, you know, it's really easy. We all have filters. You know, we all process everything different. And, and uh, some of us, you know, depending on where we're at, what's going on in our life, it, it, we, we, we start processing everything we're hearing. And, you know, sometimes we might look around thinking, I'm sure hope brother so-and-so is here because he sure needs this. Or I sure hope sister so-and-so is here because, man, she really needs this. Come on, somebody. How many know we all need this? Yeah. Amen. Amen. We all need this. And, and just for whatever it's worth, you know, um, we've, we've all been duped and we've all duped. We've all been done wrong, too, and we've all done wrong. We've all made mistakes and, and people around us have made mistakes. We've all, we've all been guilty of it. And I just want you to keep that in mind, okay? So as you're hearing this today, uh, just keep an open heart and listen because it's all about sowing a seed. Everything you do is about a sowing a seed. What kind of seed do you want to sow? All right? So verse 12, please, uh, let's go, uh, i got a little bit of 
some word study going on today too with this. And so uh, let's see how we can uh, do this here. All right, so verse 12, let's start there. It says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Uh, but, uh, but above all these things, and put on love, for it is the bond of perfection. Amen. Now, there's a lot more being said there, but we're going to just take those few verses and take a look at them. Uh, verse 12 again, as the elect of God. Okay, now the word elect means uh, selected, favorite, chosen. I mean, how many, how, many, uh, how many in here are God's favorite? Yeah. All seven of you. Let's try that again. How many, know, how many of you in here are God's favorite? Yeah. Amen. See, according to God, you're His favorite. Praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody said, well, how can I be the favorite if my neighbor's his favorite? Well, you know, just... You know, just receive it. Amen. You're the chosen. You're the selected. You're the elect. Come on. And if you know Jesus, praise God. This is for you. Praise God. But it also means favorite. Praise God. So that's good news, right? So as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Okay. Now the word holy uh, here means sacred or, or speaks of, of, of being morally blameless or, or consecrated. In other words, uh, made different. Okay. So uh, you're, you're the elect of God. You're holy. And it says, and beloved. That's good news, too. Now, this is the word agapeo, uh, which is what this word beloved means, uh, or, or the Greek word. And it means a committed love or a dedicated love. Um, in other words, it's, it's and the reason I'm, I'm, I'm put, bringing you this understanding here is because it's really what's going to be necessary to understand, amen, that we are the elect of God, holy and beloved. We're the committed. We're locked in. This, like I said, not, not every word beloved necessarily defines as that, but this one defines as agapeo, which means a committed love. Amen. And so you, you pretty much got to be committed to read the rest of it. Are you hearing me? You pretty much got to settle on the inside who you are in Christ, and you got all of uh, heaven's resources backing you up. You're part of the family of God. Amen. And you're committed to this. Amen. Because you start reading the rest of this and start understanding what it means, you may want to run out the door. Put on tender mercies. Yeah, thanks for the warning. Amen. Put on tender mercies. All right. Put on tender mercies. Um, the word here, tender uh, mercies, um, it's actually, uh, you know, uh, the word uh, tender uh, means bowels or or intestine or spleen. So it's talking about the innards, okay? But it's talking about an inward affection, a compassion. Tender mercies is dealing with a compassion that comes from down, from down within. Amen. Now, I know there's a whole lot more we could draw from that when you start understanding what each part of the, these inward parts do. But the bottom line is it's, it's dealing with a compassion that comes from within. Amen. Not some surface thing. Come on now. And really, I mean, sometimes it's, it's real easy to just be, uh, you know, to, to not be uh, real locked on. We're just kind of, we might, you know, we're hoping for good, but yet we're not really driven from the inside, an inward affection, an inward compassion uh, towards things. And, and remember, uh, it's a seed being sown. And so we're not going to be compassionate. We're not going to be merciful, all right? Uh, that's, we're going to have some trouble here. Um, uh, I don't know if I, uh, uh, Luke 6, I might have gave you that reference. Put that on the board. We'll come back to this verse 12 here in a second. But Luke 6, I think we might have even have read this a little bit last week, maybe, or at least a piece of this. 
Uh, therefore, be merciful, right, just as your Father also is merciful. So obviously, we're part of the family. We have, we have the potential to be as merciful as, as the Father. Isn't that something? Be, be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. Amen? I mean, so tender, uh, you know, these tender uh, compassions, this mercy, amen, ought to be tender mercies. It ought to be something that's alive on the inside. We'll come back to that. So go back to verse 12 again uh, there. Uh, so as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercy. Now, the word put on there, it, it means to literally to, to put on a garment, to slide into a garment. So it, it, what, what it's referring to, really, it comes down to it's a conscious decision that you're making here to put on tender mercies, amen, to, to be compassionate, to be merciful, amen, to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, caring towards people, amen. It's real easy to, uh, to, to just roll along in life because we're busy, and uh, listen, we're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not downing anybody. We all got stuff going, and we all got families to raise and, and bills to pay, and you got jobs, and you got your own companies you're running and, and things you're doing, and, and you know, you're trying to keep up with everything that's going on, and then the preacher man is looking for you to, to plug in and be a part. It's like We're all like, you know, man, and, and the whole time you have to keep in mind, man, it's a conscious decision to put on tender mercies. We're here to be a blessing. We're here to help. We're here to make a difference. Amen. Uh, we're here to show uh, compassion. Here to show mercy. Amen. Uh, and you know, uh, doggone it, these people we're trying to serve too, they're just stinkers sometimes. Sometimes they don't choose life. Sometimes they don't you know, they don't, they don't uh, you know, do everything right, say everything right. Come on, somebody. Sometimes they just, you, you think, why did they do that again? And so somewhere you have to remember, it's a conscious decision to put on tender mercies. Amen. Now, it's not that you're justifying sin or justifying the mistakes or justifying, you know, we're not excusing things like that. Amen. There's a time to deal with all that kind of stuff. But you better be merciful because it's a seed being sown. Come on, somebody. And if you're not merciful, if you're not compassionate, uh, someday you're going to wish you were. I'm grateful for the mercy and compassion that people give me. Amen. Because sometimes I don't say it all right or do it all right. Come on, somebody. Sometimes I forget things. Sometimes things get slide through the cracks and I miss something. And, and uh, so I'm very grateful that people are, are compassionate and merciful toward me. Come on, somebody. And so, uh, you know, that's something that you want to sow. That's a seed. That's a, that's a selfless seed that you have to be willing to sow. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Are you, are you chewing on that? Are you getting that? Amen. So, amen. Are you glad you came out on a Wednesday night? I'm glad you did too. Praise God. Okay, this word kindness, okay? Uh, kindness. Uh, you know, I guess you, you think that, well, that's kind of... But, it, you know, it just means gentleness or goodness. Um, it means, speaks of a, a being uh, morally and excellent in character. 
And then it uses a word. In fact, its first word in, the, in, in its uh, concordance definition is usefulness. Usefulness. thought that was interesting. Uh, kindness, you know. So basically, I mean, when you stop and you think about it, I mean, if you can't even be kind, <laughs> can you be useful? Just a thought, you know. I mean, I mean, you know, we're Christians, right? I mean, we, it should at least be able to be kind. Just a thought, you know. I mean, you know. And I think, you know, the more kind you become, gentle, it refers to, it says, and so to me, it speaks, and as you kind of study out even the word, I mean, you become more and more useful. Amen. If you, you know, and so uh, it pays uh, to put on kindness. Amen. Uh, gentleness. Amen. To uh, a, 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 what did it say, a moral and excellent character. Amen. Praise God usefulness, praise God. Even the word goodness is in here, praise God. So uh, praise God. So these are, it's a, a, a big word there, uh, but you got to put that on, okay? So if we're not going to be kind, uh, you know, then you got to stop wondering how useful can we be. Okay, well, you're still glad you came out on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Amen. Remember, it's a, it's a selfless seed. God had to work on me on that a little bit because sometimes, you know, you get a little intense and, you know, and if you don't watch it, you're not being real kind. And so God had to work on me on that one, uh, you know, just about a day or so ago. Anyway, <laughs> it happens a lot, actually. I mean, some of the Spirit of God deals with, hey, come on, chill out, right? Well, you know, remember now, too, we're talking about, you know, a, a selfless seed produces a stress-free harvest. So if, if we're, you know, you're not being merciful or kind, you know, kindness, in the end it has an ugly harvest, and it's going to be a stressful harvest. And you're getting all worked up about something that, you know, maybe if you just turn that around a little bit, you wouldn't be so worked up and so upset. And Come on now. Woo! Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Hallelujah. But it's the truth. I, 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 actually, I know this is not probably one of those run around and praise the Lord messages, but it's, it is a message we got to hear. Amen. Okay, humility. Okay, look at humility. All right. Uh, humility. Remember this, you got to put on this, so you got to put on humility. Okay, humility, a word means uh, modesty in a sense, okay, but it's talking about in the sense of humbleness of mind. Um, and so, Basically, you can kind of break this word down as a, a, it's, it's not a me, myself, and I thing, okay? Because we, we can get so caught up in me, myself, and I syndrome that we, we lose sight of this word humility. Now, there's a reason I'm kind of breaking this one down a little bit the way I am because the next one actually even also deals with a sense of humility, okay? But this one's just talking about, you know, not, not elevating yourself all the time. Come on, it's about others. Come on now. We all listen. To, you know, the, the, the scriptures even talk about, uh, you know, that, um, you know, God, uh, you know, he knows that you have, you know, you have interests. Come on. But we look out more for the interests of others. Come on. Look out more for their interests than we do even our own interests. Come on, somebody. That doesn't mean that you, you know, that God, you got to remember, you, you're just looking out for another because you got the greater one looking out for your interests. Come on, somebody. And you actually got others. I find if you learn to look out for the interests of others, it's amazing how people jump on board to help you with your interests. 
It's just, a, it's just true, you know. And, and the word promises that if you, if you're, if you uh, have a humble spirit, humbleness of mind, the word says he'll lift you up. He'll exalt you. So you don't have to lift yourself up. You just do and, and look out for others. Praise God, a selfless seed. You do that. God comes in here, lifts you up and elevates you, praise God. And God takes care of it. It's amazing how it works. Amen. But you got to be willing to, to sow that kind of a seed. Amen. And remember, it's a seed being sown. They all produce after their own kind. Now, the word meekness here, the next word, uh, also refers to a sense of humility or a form of humility, but it really breaks down to having a teachable spirit. Okay? Uh, this word here, you know, even when the word talks about Moses being the meekest of all men, it was, you know, part of it was the fact that he was teachable because the man made some mistakes. Come on, somebody. But he was teachable. Moses really wasn't guilty of making the same mistake twice. He was pretty teachable. Come on, somebody. Now, he made some big ones, but, but really in all honesty, he's still a man of faith and power, and man that one day will get to praise God, shake his hand. Hallelujah. I look forward to that. Amen. Uh, but he was teachable. He was meek. He was teachable, praise God. Uh, so I think about ourselves, a form of humility. Part of it is just learning how to be teachable. The Word talks about being, you know, quick to hear and slow to speak and, and slow to wrath. Come on, somebody. All of that, what that's referring to is, is somebody being willing to, to hear uh, and just be okay. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you just need to hear something. Whew. You know, I enjoy, um, I, I love the house of God. Um, I just love the house of God. And I love, I, I, to me, I just, it's the house of God. And so whether I'm traveling or, or going somewhere, uh, usually if we're, uh, you know, somewhere, if we, if we are at a place where we can go, go to sit in the house of God somewhere, we're pretty much going to go do that, or at least I'll go do that, because I just like being in the house of God, okay? And, uh, I, and a lot of times, you know, especially when you go certain places, uh, they're not going to do it the way you do it. <laughs> they're not your church, and, you know... You might, it might be kind of a slow music. They're not going to go, move to the left and then you move to the right. They, they, it just ain't going to happen there. And, you know, and I want to shout hallelujah and nobody else wants to say it. Now, if they're not doing it, I won't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'll just, you know, respect them. And, and, uh, but the, but you've got to be willing to be teachable. It's amazing what you can learn if you just hush up and listen. Yeah. Amen. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I remember one time as a, uh, I think I used this at the, in the prison the other day, um, uh, my daughter, she thinks she was like three years old, and uh, we were stressing out about something. There was something going on in the ministry that was kind of stressing us out, and, and uh, my daughter was kind of pulling on my jacket, and, Dad, uh, I ain't got time for this. Oh, Dad. And I think if I remember right, she somehow, she came here, and I went down, and she kind of did this. To my face, and she says, Dad, seek God and pray. <laughs> Who would have thought? That's a good, good, amen. It was just, it was just, you know, it's amazing how, the, the point I'm making is that it's amazing you can learn from, amen. When you're teachable, it's amazing who you can learn from. Come on, somebody. And I'm not saying that everybody's right. Not saying that everything everybody says is right. We get that. Uh, but you can still remain teachable and remain meek. Come on, somebody. And a lot of times, you know, it's like one brother says, you know, sometimes you just eat the meat, spit out the bones. No big deal, you know. 
And so you just learn to do that. Amen. And uh, uh, anyway, so uh, everybody say a, 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 a selfless seed. See, it's a selfless seed. Sometimes that's okay, all right? So meekness is something that's good to sow, praise God. Uh, long-suffering, okay? This, is, this one here maybe doesn't seem so fun, uh, but long-suffering, uh, uh, long enmity, uh, uh, I think is, what, is, is the word it uses, long enmity, okay? I, so what, what does that mean? Well, forbearance, fortitude, uh, patient endurance, okay, to be long-suffering. Um, you know, so sometimes... Uh, how many know you got you to sow that? Because sometimes it's just a, a patient endurance. Just stick with it. Stay with it. Don't, don't lose heart. Come on, don't lose heart. Sometimes uh, it's like, oh, how long is this going to take? Right? And so you just got to be, you got a, a patient endurance. Have some fortitude. Amen. And, and literally that becomes a seed being sown. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, 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 let me just throw something out here right now. I think this would be worthy of doing this. Um, uh, there's, there's several things that when you start thinking about a seed being sown, um, you know, when you start looking at, you know, why do we do this? Why do we, why do we take this principle to heart? Uh, first off, it determines a harvest, what you'll reap. Secondly, it determines an open door. And you have to ask yourself, what do you open the door to? See, sometimes what the reason that we struggle sometimes with principles is because sometimes maybe we're not as, as real anchored on that there is an unseen realm. There's a heaven, there's a hell, but there's an unseen realm. Okay, we got the angelic host, you got the demons of hell. I mean, what is it you're opening the door to? And sometimes we as Christians, we move along in life and don't be deceived. God is not mocked. So part of it is, is, is the fact of harvest, but part of it is because we open a door to some things. And all of a sudden, you got, you know, these little imps from hell running around in your house. Come on, somebody. And if you could see some of that stuff, you'd think twice about what you're saying and what you're doing. Whoa, back out, dude. No, out. Right? We had an understanding of that. Uh, the other thing I thought would be worthy of throwing this in here, you know, the Scripture talks about, um, uh, you know, uh, generational curses. And, and a lot of times, you know, there's some teaching out on generational curses. And, 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 but when you really break down generational curses, all that generational curses are is, is trained behavior and seeds being sown. So when we're talking about a seed you're sowing, remember what you open yourself up to, not only for you, but maybe for the next generation. Are you still with me? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we can't break that doggone booger, praise the Lord. You could take authority over that and say, you know, crop failure on stuff, praise the Lord for that. But don't be deceived. That's the point. God's not mocked. Whatever seed you sow, you got to understand you're opening the door for something, all right? There's a harvest. It determines a harvest. 
So just think about this too, that being long-suffering with people, amen, uh, means that also people will be long-suffering with you, your family, I'm just saying, your church, whatever, you know, your department, come on, your business. I mean, it could, it could start moving into all kinds of areas of your life here. So are you still with me? Yeah. All right. You're still glad you came out? Yes. Every now and then I just have that insecure moment. I just have to ask, you know. All right. You know, praise the Lord. All right. So anyway, praise God. So uh, what do we have next here? Okay. Uh, long-suffering. Bearing. Uh, let's see. Was the, the next verse would be bearing with one another. Verse 13. Bearing with one another. Okay. Uh, bearing with means to, to bear up. Uh, to hold up, to bear up, uh, and it literally means to hold oneself up against. In other words, you're, you're coming in to be supportive of another. That's what that means. That's why they use the word bearing up uh, to, to help. In other words, you're propping yourself kind of in a sense. It's like, uh, you know, Moses, uh, the, the boy's head held his arms up, praise God. That's kind of that same kind of, a, um, kind of thought, you know, that, you know, he can't do it. So let's help him out here a little bit. Praise the Lord. Come on now. And again, okay, I'm going to say this again. We understand where nobody's excusing uh, sin, uh, nobody's justifying sin or, or, or wrong play, wrong choices, wrong decisions. We're not we're none of that. But there's always a time to work and deal with these things. But but don't be guilty of sowing a wrong seed. Are you still with me? See, there, because, I mean, even though some things need to be addressed or need to change or need to sometimes guard what seed you're sowing. All right? So do your best. And that's why we still pray for people. We believe God, even though there's a party wants to say, they probably deserve what's coming to them. Be cautious. That is not a seed you want to sow. So you do your part and you pray and you believe God with them. Praise God. So bearing with one another. Oh, here we go. Forgiving. You can't get until you get that one. That one's got to be in there somewhere. That one's all over the place. Forgiving, right? Forgiving one another, all right? Uh, if, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So, so forgiving one another, okay? Uh, the word forgiving means to grant as a favor, and that's something, to pardon, rescue, or deliver another. I thought that was interesting, okay? It means to freely give. So when you're forgiving, because why? It's your choice. It's your choice. You can say, I choose not to forgive. That's your choice. Now, that's an ugly seed. And it, it, it might produce something you won't like. You might open the door for something you don't like. So, so you know, that's your choice. Okay, so it means to freely give, to grant as a favor, to part. I love this, to pardon, rescue, or deliver another. So a forgiveness sometimes, literally, not only, we kind of see it in the area of pardoning somebody, but literally means too to rescue or deliver another. Sometimes the only thing they need right now is your forgiveness. That's all they need. And that might deliver them. Isn't that cool? Sometimes just forgive somebody might be the very thing that gets them over that thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
It might, it might be the very thing that rescues them. Amen. The very thing that turns them around. Amen. And remember, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. So there are ways to deal with things, even though, listen, we're, there are things that go on, things that should have never happened. Nobody should have had to deal with that. Nobody should have had to put up with that. Nobody should have had to go through that. But the last thing you want to do is walk in unforgiveness. Somewhere you got to find it in yourself to put on that, to walk in a place of forgiveness. You can release. I'm not saying you got to go be everybody's chum bud. But you got to learn how to release. You can't be, you know, this ain't a message on being offended, but it'll fit in here. I mean, fence is, is, is such a trap. In fact, the word offense in itself means a trap. And so that's how it happens, okay? And then it says if anyone has a complaint, okay, a complaint uh, means a, a, a blame, a fault, a quarrel, okay? A blame, okay? A fault, a quarrel, a complaint. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Listen, he's not saying the complaint wasn't legit. It might be a legitimate complaint. That shouldn't have happened. And you have a complaint. But remember, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Again, we're not saying you lay yourself out there and get yourself hurt or abused or, or run over again. But we're saying learn how to release. Sow a right seed. Because if you think for one second that mess can't come on you, that's how these generational curses happen. Because we won't release the former generation. So we just carry it right in. We flop the door wide open and say, come on, devil, ransack my life. And Galatians even talks about the very thing even that, that you won't release another. That, that doggone booger will come right on you. Woo! No, thank you. That's why you, you learn to, you know, forgive others, release others, praise God. Don't get all caught up in things. I don't want that mess in my house. Come on now, it's just better release it so a right seed and move on. Got to let God walk you through how to deal with it, how to attack it, how to, how to overcome it, how to endure in the midst of it. God will show you how to do all that stuff. But you start cooking up and you won't release somebody, won't forgive. He, now he's got to work on you with that thing. You, and you're all upset. Go, God, I'm not the problem here. And God says, right now you are. Oh! But, but. Right? So we, we think we're justified. And listen, you might have a legitimate complaint. But the best way to get that thing turned around is for you to release and let God work on things, let God walk you through things. And if some, somewhere along the line he shows you what to do and how to do it to deal with this or overcome this or uh, uh, to conquer this or whatever it is, praise God, he'll show you how to do it, praise God. But you'll shut the process down in a heartbeat if you won't release it, if you don't sow a right seed. Woo! I'm glad you came out tonight. 
One uh, brother, uh, I can't remember now who it was, one of the brothers said, uh, he was talking to the Lord, and he said, uh, Lord, um, what, what, what's, the, what's the number one problem in the body of Christ now? And God answered him, you know, and he said, the number one problem is their dogged determination to correct one another. Instead of just releasing some things, move on, let God deal with them. They got, everybody's got to correct everybody. Well, anyway, I took note of that. You know, I, you know uh, I've had, you know, over the years, a lot, of, a lot of things happen, a lot of things going on, and I've been around and had a lot of relationships and a lot of things that come and go and everything, and... Um, uh, and a lot of times, you know, you see what's going on, and, and when people ask, hey, what's, what's the deal, then we have, a, according to the Word, we have a right to now give an answer. Um, but if not, they don't, want, they don't want to hear what you have to say, then you just love them and keep praying for them. And, uh, come on. Yeah. And uh, the reason I bring that up, um, well, I just, I'm not going to be Job's friend. Sit here and just come up with everything under the sun that you did wrong. And then you argue with it or you look at me like I'm just going to sit here and ride you all the time. I just, just don't want to be that guy. Now, if you come and you ask me, hey, pastor, I got this going on. I don't understand. Tell me something. Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. This is what I feel. This is how, or what I see. Or this is how I, I you know, that this is what the word says about it. And are you hearing me? And, uh, and I'm just, because we all see stuff. Now, I'm going somewhere with all this because we all see stuff. Isn't it easy? To, if, <laughs> if we should just have this thing. Rick, okay, anytime you see me do something wrong, just tell me. <laughs> and then I'll tell you every time I see something wrong. Now, pretty soon you're going, well, it's fun when I get to do all the telling. <laughs> but not so much when everybody's going to, right? Come on now, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, because, it, because to be honest, we have, because we, this is that thing, we bump elbows with each other, we're around each other, and things get said, and things get done, and pretty soon, you know, you're picking up this, and you're seeing that, and thinking, you know, if they do this different, it'd probably be different over here, and, you, and the whole time, you're being guilty of the same exact thing, and yet not even seeing that in your own life. Am I right? Have you ever, have you ever had, I mean, you know, telling somebody, I, I mean, literally, sitting down, talking to somebody about something that's changed, and the Lord says, yeah, take heed. Lord, not so. Come on. Are you still with me? <laughs> Go to the next verse because we're moving way slow. <laughs> Is there another verse? Nope, I think we're done with that. Was that done then or not? That's it for that one? Okay, let's go to the next text. I want to just show you another one here. Oh, no, there, there, there it is. I thought there was another verse. Verse 14. Oh, there you go. Yes, you've got to have that one. Uh, above all these things, put on love. Right? Above all, he says, put on love, which is what? The bond of perfection. Now, the word love, agape, okay, which means an unconditional love. A lot of times defined as charity, but it just means that of a giving of self, but an unconditional giving, unconditional love, amen? And he says, you put that on, amen? It's the same thing, put it on, and what happens? It becomes like a bond of perfection, all right? Uh, and I, I define those out as uh, the bond of perfection. The word bond just means a joint tie, but talking about like a ligament, okay? 
but it means a uniting principle. Amen. And it also uses the word control. The bond is it's a control of perfection. In other words, it's what keeps this working. If, the, if we're not going to walk in love, if we're not going to learn how to have this unconditional love toward people, uh, probably the, you're probably not going to see this bond of perfection manifesting. Okay, the word perfection then, uh, completeness, and it means mentally, morally, spiritually. It refers to one's individual character. So if you want things to, to you know, if you want to you see your life mature in God and become all that you can be, one of those things you're going to have to learn how to put this on. Amen. Now remember, let's see it as a seed being sown. Unconditional love. Man, I love it when people unconditional, unconditionally love me. Amen. It's, it's wonderful when, they, when they, just, they just, they're not moved by anything. They just love you. Come on, somebody. And, uh, you know, and so the only way that's going to work is if you've got to be willing to sow that kind of thing. You know, I, I want you all to love me like my dog loves me. <laughs> See, he's un, it's unconditional. He just, oh, Dad's home. Dad, I love you. Yeah, he's also peed on my shoes, but... And I haven't always had unconditional love toward him. But he remains unconditionally in love with me. Because I feed him. Amen. So anyway, uh, you know, we, we need to have that kind of love toward each other. Amen. Come on, somebody. Anyway, praise the Lord. Are you getting something? Yeah. All right, let's, we'll go into one more text here. We're going to 1 Thessalonians. Just kind of a book over here. Uh, chapter 4 here. Kind of just take, because I think there's some things that we can just kind of add to this list a little bit. All right, talking about a selfless seed. All right. So verse 9 here, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 9 says, But concerning uh, brotherly love, okay, so we kind of bring it on from where we kind of left off. You have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God. In other words, I, 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 there ain't any, much more I can say to you than what God's already been telling you. All right. Uh, that's what he says here. Um, you, for you yourselves are taught by God uh, to love one another, amen, to get along with each other, right? And, and indeed, so do, or pardon me, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in Terrebonne, Redmond, Prineville, Bend, Madras, Crooked River Ranch, Powell Butte. Yeah, you better love those people in Powell Butte. That's where I live. Anyway, so did I miss anybody? Sisters, there you go. Culver. Tumalo. Hey. All kinds of communities around here. Amen. Amen. So that's talking to all of us. All right. So anyway, uh, but we urge you, brethren, that you, in, I love this, that you increase more and more. Somebody said, well, I have a hard time with us. Well, well, that's all right. Well, let's just, let's just increase it. Let's start increasing Let's try to, amen, increase it more, okay? So this word increase means to superabound. It means to excel, exceed, or abundant, okay? But it means, it means to be the better. And it also means enough and to spare. So uh, above and beyond. So in other words, uh, uh, I, I, I want to be, be all that I can be. If I can increase this, then Lord, increase me. And it says the more and more, okay, which uh, more and more means in a greater degree or far better or much the better. 
much the better. So he's talking about here that this can be increased. So somebody say, well, I struggle with some of these areas. Pastor, I, I, I see what you're saying. I get it, but I struggle with some of this. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad you came. Right? Because we just, we'll just start praying and believe God for increase more and more in these things. Amen. We get along better with each other. We love one another better. More brotherly love, praise God. Amen. You know, it keeps using stuff like brotherly love or out of the house of God, the household of faith, things like that, it says, uh, because really this is where we work on it. You know, some people say, well, I have, a, I have an easier time, uh, you know, working with the, uh, the world than I do at the church. Well, um, probably not. It's just that you're, you're, you're more apt to forgive them because you know they're of the world. It's just you're willing to release them because you think they're just being stupid because that's what the world does. They're stupid. Well, you know what? We're all come out of that, and we're all developing, and we're all somewhere along the line in a, in a level of, of our faith and, uh, you know, uh, this sanctification and, and, and stuff. We're all kind of in places, and not all of us do everything right, say everything right yet. Come on, somebody. And we've all had the spirit of stupid jump on us, right? We've all been there. And, and sometimes, maybe some people, maybe it jumps on them a little more regular than other people. So what do you do with that? Well, you still learn how to release. And, and, how to, and so if you can get it down in the house of God with the household of faith, I mean, you, you're going to be okay. Come on now. And here's the other, I mean, you work side by side. Oh, jeez. I just have a hard time with that person. Well, they probably have a hard time with you. What? What I do? I'm just saying, right? Got awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. Hmm? I'm on now. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Amen. Look at your neighbors. Let's go do it more and more. Amen. Okay, let's look at a couple more verses right here. Just kind of read on here. Verse 11 now. That you also, here we go, aspire... Okay, let's see, that you aspire to lead a quiet life. Okay, um, lead a quiet life uh, uh, means to, uh, literally means to keep still, hold peace, to refrain, here we go, from meddlesomeness. <laughs> That's a long word. Meddlesomeness, okay, and speech. Lead a quiet life. So we're thinking, well, I want a quiet life means away from everybody. No, actually it's referring to you. Well, if I was just on vacation, I'd have a quiet life. Well, it's not really referring to, you know, avoiding people so you have a quiet life. It's talking about what goes on in here. Because sometimes it's not so quiet because you're, you got so much worked up. You're so worked up about things. Come on, somebody. Every fiber of you is all caught up in that mess. In the meantime, you're agitated, you're stressed out, you're upset, you can't sleep, you can't... Come on now. So aspire to lead a quiet life, okay, is referring to really what happens on the inside. You can learn how to, you know, learn how to, you know, be, do it in here. It's amazing how everything else out here just doesn't get you anymore. You know, uh, years ago, um, you know, uh, we used to, you know, used to have the, uh, a Christian school next door and... And little by little, they, uh, you know, they used to just do chapels in here. And then little by little, they used a classroom or two. And the next thing you know, my whole building's being overtaken by, you know, high school kids. 
and uh, little kids, depending on what classes and stuff going on. And, and uh, you know, I, um, you know, most of the time, because you, you, you're, you're preaching multiple times through the week, so you need, you know, you like, you know, quiet time, come on, to study and hear. And, and uh, I just got to learn to just tune it out. What kids running up and down the hallways? And somebody said, somebody walk in my office most of the time. I've had it happen all the time. They come, how can you stand this? <laughs> what? <laughs> now it didn't happen overnight, but you learn how to. Just let go of some things, not worry about some things. Because if you did, you're caught up in everything. And the next thing you know, you're agitated and worked up and upset. Come on, somebody. You just can't go there. And so it, it's what happens on the inside. You learn how to somehow, amen, just learn how to not let everything get to you all the time. Don't worry about some things. I said, don't worry about some things. And then it says, mind your own business. <laughs> So I thought I'd meddle a little bit. <laughs> Mind your own business. Oh, what does that mean? Yeah, you know, like pretty much what it says. When you break it down, it means this. Do one's own matters. Stick to your task, it means. Here's another thing. Stop picking. I just had an ugly picture. <laughs> just stop picking. Come on. Stop being so caught up in everything. Uh, you know, um, I, uh, you know, everyone, everyone has their own struggles. Everybody's working through things. Are, are you hearing me? Remember this whole thing? Remember, you know, Hear this yourself. Everybody has something they're working on, something they're dealing with. Everybody has their own demons to deal with, so to speak. You know, I use that term loosely, but it, yet it says it all. Because everybody's got things that they're warring against and things they're trying to deal with. And it could be health things. It could be financial things. It could be kid things. It could be uh, just marital things. It could be just, you know, the, 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 the pressure of things going on, trying to, you know, trying to juggle your schedules and things like that and all the stuff that people deal with. And then you start adding on, you know, something happened and it, it added, you know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, I remember... I remember years ago uh, when I was trying to move forward in God and grow in God, everything I heard, I just took it to heart, you know. And you, you know, if you're going to go somewhere in God, you're going to see things happen. You've got to pray in the Holy Ghost for at least an hour every morning. Okay, praise the Lord, I'm going to do that. Amen. And I do that. Amen. And probably above and beyond that. But at the time, that was just one of those things. For one hour, I'm going to do this. And then, then, I, then I heard the message of, you know, the Lord's Prayer and how you uh, take it and you, you conquer and to the north, south, east, and west. This is the Lord's day. Hey, we're going after it. We started confessing the Lord's prayer. And man, I did all that. Then, it did, then standing on this and declaring this and, oh, I'm going to go do that. Pretty soon I'm running out of time. <laughs> now I got to get up earlier and earlier. And then one day it happened. I woke up late. 
I mean, I beat myself up all day thinking, what have I done? I've messed up my life. Literally, it was that serious. You get so beat up and condemned because you're, in a sense, what's happening now is you're doing everything in your own power and everything in your own strength. Instead of just let God be God, stop getting so worked up with everything. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And it's all dealing with this thing about just, you know, as the Lord leads, yes, sir, I'll do that. Amen. You just, you just move on. Do, amen. Stop trying to do everything. You can do all things, but you ain't called to do everything. Write that one down. Amen. So mind your own business. Well, you know, you think about it, okay? Something's going on, and you can get so caught up in the thinking because we're right there, because we're so moved by the natural. Somebody does something, says something, and it's obvious the spirit of stupid's on them. Now, I didn't tell you to go tell them they're stupid, but what happens is it's obvious, you know, you're, you're, you're not seeing it all clearly here, dude or ma'am, or whatever. And so you have to be, you know, so pretty soon you're wanting to, every fiber you use wanting to, just, just, you know, don't get so worked up. Mind your own business. Just stick a task. Amen. Do what you're supposed to do. Amen. Be merciful. Come on. Come on. Pretty soon you're caught up in it, and you think you're justified. And then now you're sowing seed. Ah! No, because that guy was stupid. But now you're open the door for stupid. And it is a spirit, by the way. <laughs> uh-huh. We can go in the scripture and find it. Come on. And uh you know, you turn around, you judge somebody. And I think that was that other verse I had in Luke 6. You know, uh, you, know you can you judge others, you're, you're opening the door for judgment. And, you know, if you're going you're gonna to sit here and be critical and judgment of everybody, how about this? How about just, come on, sow a, sow a seed. Come on, guard it, what you sow. We're not justifying stupid. We're not making excuses for stupid. We're not condoning stupid. We're condoning you make a choice what you sow. What you want to do with it. You jump on board and you go down some road and it just, that spirit of stupid just jumps all, now you're okay with me using that word. Maybe some of you are getting offended by that phrase, but I'm just saying it's, it, I don't know any better way to say it. And that spirit just jumps from person to person. Pretty soon, everybody's walking in it. Everybody's doing it. And then we don't understand now, a month down the road, why uh, we're having issues at home. And the very doggone thing you were down with of that person now all of a sudden is in your household. And now that very judgment and condemnation, because listen, and here's what comes in, condemnation. Because it is a ploy of the enemy. 
Let's get you all caught up in stuff. You get caught up in everybody else's business. And pretty soon, the next thing you know, now it's your problem. And here it is. And now you're beat up and condemned because now that same doggone thing is happening in your life. And so here comes the shame and the guilt and the condemnation, which is nothing but a ploy of the enemy. That's what he wanted all along. Are you still with me? Amen. Uh, Praise God. We better move on. Man, I'm glad we got through that one. Mind your own business. Then it said, work with your own hands. I mean, what verse are we in? Verse 11, is it? Work with your own hands. Uh, This word here, work with your own hands, means do do your own job or your own part, but it also refers to being uh, working meticulously. In in other words, give attention to what you're doing. And just strive to do something right, okay? Work with your own hands. A lot of times we'll say, well, that's the verse for the people that don't work. Get your buns in gear and do it. Do something! Well, we can find verses for that. Come on, somebody. Come on, because everybody should apply themselves and do something. Come on, somebody. But this is actually, remember, this is dealing with us, because he's talking about your own hands. Ain't you looking around saying, oh, that guy, he needs to hear this, right? No, work with your, in other words, when you're doing something, remember, it's a seed being sown. That's why when somebody says something, you know, especially, I've heard this years ago, I don't hear it much anymore because I've, I've taught on enough, but somebody says, you know, good enough for gospel. Heard that phrase. I'm like, who are you and where did that come from? Except from the pit of hell. Good enough for gospel? And it was usually people saying, well, you know, it's okay for the church. Just do it like that. Just, you know, give your leftovers, do whatever. Well, if that's the seed you want to sow, well, you know, it's a good enough job. No, do it right. Do it right. Come on, somebody. It's a seed being sown. Are you still glad you came out? All right. Work with your hands as we commanded you, or as you've heard before. All right. And then it goes down. Last verse here. I'm going to show you uh, that you, look at this, it all kind of fits together, that you may walk properly or decently, that word uh, decently or befitting or mannerly, okay, toward those who are outside. Now, the outside, I I thought always, when I read that, I always referred to that as people outside the household of faith. That's the way I always read it. And, uh, and, and yet the word means without or outward, uh, 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 outward, and it, ref- it even uses the phrase strange. <laughs> okay. In other words, somebody different than you because you're not strange. Look at your neighbor and say, it couldn't be you. But see, he's talking about, remember, don't lose sight of what he's dealing with. He didn't just all of a sudden stop and say, yeah, that's right. And all those people out there, the same thing. Well, you know, there's a scripture that talks about how you treat people outside. Come on, right? Uh, be the light, be the salt. But in, in context, he's not, he's dealing with right here. And some people are different. Right? Now, we're, we're really, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just kind of how it works here. But, um, you know, early on, word of prophecy came over the word, and it's been confirmed multiple times that you're going to have odd fruit here. And boy, it has come to pass. Look at your neighbor and say, I know it's this other people we were talking about. Amen. Listen, there's odd fruit. It's odd fruit. And I thought to myself, you know, at the time, I thought, well, that's different. Odd fruit. And as the years went on, I go, odd fruit. Odd fruit. 
odd fruit. Right? <laughs> I say granola people, fruits, flakes, and nuts, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Now I'm thinking, you know, we have, you know, we have odd fruit. But we love it. And I've come to find out if nobody else wants them, come on. We'll do what we can. Right? But now listen. Not everybody does it the way you do it. Not everybody says it the way you say it. Sometimes they do things a little awkward. Come on. Sometimes they, you know, sometimes they're, they're not fully developed. That's all. You know, it's like working with, sometimes with a teenager. Okay? We want to say, oh, them teenagers. Well, according to the word, or no, actually, according to, to uh, medical studies, is their brain even fully developed until they're like 22? Right. Now, I'm not trying to be, I'm not, I'm not saying that as a sarcastic thing. I'm just saying it's just the facts. Sometimes there's a certain way they're seeing and processing things, and we're going, God, what's your problem? God! Well, sometimes it's just, it's just how they process. And sometimes that isn't always bad. Because sometimes they process something and see something you missed. It happens. And they get it. And you didn't. So you have to be, be aware of that. You know, the word even says to dwell with your wise with understanding. Why? Because you need it. Why? Because they, they, they see it a little different than you see it. They process it a little different. You know, sometimes this guy's like... Just take them out. <laughs> Whoa! No, 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 no. <laughs> As the years get older, it's kind of reversing now. I'm more the one going, no, leave them alone. She's going, take them out. <laughs> the problem, I mean, the, the point, I better say that the problem, the point is that we don't always all see everything eye to eye. We don't always see the same. Everybody's working through things. Everybody's got things going on. So it pays to just keep sowing a, a, a selfless seed because you don't know what's going on. You don't know what they're dealing with at the moment. You don't know how many other things that, that just that created this moment in them. And really what they need right now is they just, you know, come on, just sow a good seed here. Because it might be the very thing that sets them free or helps them or gets them over the top. Amen. And it just, it just be amazing how many of these things, you know, I've had over the years, and I'm closing with this, I'm closing my Bible. Somebody said, pray the Lord. Um, how many people, um, now it wasn't always this way, but it is, it is, I see it a lot more now. A lot of times people look at me and go, what is your, why are you, they, they, they feel, they, they misinterpret mercy for ignorance. Just because I'm being merciful don't mean I'm ignorant. <laughs> I see what's going on. 
I ain't stupid. Okay? Huh? But mercy triumphs over judgment. And so I'd rather sow a selfless seed here and get all caught up. Now, if God says, Derry, deal with it, we deal with it. But I'd rather be guilty of sowing too much mercy than not enough any day. All right, is anybody hearing me today? So don't ever, you know, you know, look at your pastor and, you know, and, you know, somehow, you know, mistake mercy for ignorance. I'm not saying I know everything either, but I'm just saying that I probably know a lot more than you think I know. Come on now. But I'd rather be more guilty of being merciful than judgmental any day. Anybody hear me today? Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Praise the Lord. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Thank you for letting me get her done here. Praise God. So, amen. Good seed being sown, right? See, everything is seed being sown. You'd be amazed at what it changes in your vocab, what it changes in your attitude, what it changes in your actions. Uh, it's just, just knowing that, man, I, I don't want that in my life. Okay, then just guard what you sow. All right? Amen. Father, we just give you praise and glory. Thank you again for this principle. Uh, Lord, just, uh, uh, you know, we call for Holy Ghost help here. Sometimes give us that little witness on the inside when we're getting ready to sow a bad seed. So I'm praying, Lord God, that uh, that verse said, the increasing it more and more. We'd rather be the do-good seed planter, a selfless seed planter, than a do-bad seed any day. So Father, we give you praise for that. Thank you all these things are working in our lives. We give you the praise for it. Give you all the glory in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. God's good. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Any new, okay, we've been good. All right. Father, we give God, we give the Father praise. Amen. For what He's doing in our life. Amen. And so look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad God's working great things in you. Praise that. Tell him that. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.